0: But of course, there's hundreds of passengers on board and you know who knows what can happen, lots of things we don't anticipate. We've never done it, flying 500 kilometers an hour. Well, that is sort of what you're doing here, right? You have a live enterprise with tons of interconnectivity and you are switching the approach to validating that your transaction is a, uh, a real transaction and that it can't be double spent and so forth, you are doing that in real time. You're going from one approach to establishing that fact with proof of work to this proof of stake. So you're, you're, the merge is we're, we're going onto one highway and then eventually this the proof of work thing falls away.
1: Welcome to Tomorrow's News. That was Gavin, I'm Rish, and today we're back with our mini-series about the ETH merge. Let's take a little step back into the basics and look at what proof-of-stake and proof-of-work models are, why it's called the merge, and what this means for the crypto space. Any information in this podcast is not intended to promote or recommend any particular product or services offered by Bell's Family and Associates. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any investor. Before making an investment decision, investors should seek professional advice. Hi, Kevin. What are you catching us up on today? What's been happening?
0: So I wanted to talk a little bit about something there's been probably too much talk about but let's talk about it anyway and that's yeah ethereum and the merge the merge that happens on September 15th and why investors might care about it or at least what investors might want to understand about it
1: okay so let's start at the start like we know what ethereum is it's a cryptocurrency what's the merge what's happening there
0: right so just to get set the context ethereum has a market cap of around 220 billion dollars okay so it's It's a big company, if we think about a company. And uh, today, Ethereum is a proof-of-work cryptocurrency, just like Bitcoin. That means that you need to do a lot of computation, takes a lot of power and time. And that computation is done by people called miners. And that computation then allows all of the blocks to be established and so forth in and the cryptocurrency to be used in the safe and secure way that everyone's familiar with. But the problem of with proof of work is twofold. One is there's a carbon issue, right? It takes a lot of energy, a lot of power. And the other issue is that you need to pay these miners for all that work. And so currently, Ethereum has to spit out about 13,000 Ethereum a day that go to all those miners for doing all that work. When we move to proof of stake, we'll likely only need to pay the stakers around about a thousand to to 2000 ETH per day for doing that work. So it's a substantial reduction in the cost, right? The people staking their ETH get a yield and that yield is lower than the cost of these proof of work miners. So that's the big concept
1: sorry i have a question are the stakers the same as the miners here
0: well no i mean they could have been but no stakers are people that have bought ethereum and then they put them into a protocol that says we're going to leave it we're going to leave it here and the fact that we're putting all of this capital uh to secure the network in place for a yield is what ensures that the network operates properly that is if there was any violation, any problem, uh, we would lose some of our capital, right? You're securing a network in a similar way that the equity of a bank um, provides the security to investors or to depositors. It's not exactly the same, but it's similar. Cool. So, so that's the first thing. So, the first thing is you you radically reduce the cost of the network. Most people would say that the safety of the network is the same. There's some debate about that, but you know, I think most folks would say the safety of the network is the same. And then there's this other big benefit, which is that amount of the fees that are generated when people use Ethereum are going to be burnt. That means the fees are used to extinguish Ethereum on every transaction. And so the more usage there is, the more transactions, the more Ethereum gets burnt. So you've reduced the cost of running the network and now you've got this benefit that is purely reflexive on the usage. And this is where it gets interesting, which is the more it's used, the more it's burned, the fewer tokens there are, the higher the price, the higher the price, the more it's used, the more tokens get burned. And so you see, we go on.
1: Yeah, we also spoke about burning tokens in last week's episode briefly. And that's very interesting in itself. But I'd like to take a step away from talking about how this can be deflationary and the benefits of that and just sort of look at the crypto space as a whole. Um, Can you tell us a little more about the adoption of pr- the proof of stake model?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think, look, I think largely it's much more efficient to have proof of stake models. And I would argue that You know, most cryptocurrencies use a a proof of stake model. You know, I think as as the spaces evolve, people have recognized that it's a more efficient model, not just the environment, but in every regard. So they would argue that um, that's probably the way of the future. Proof of work is a very intensive approach to securing data, and it, it has certain benefits. But at the end of the day, I think that the market would argue that Bitcoin kind of gets a special pass, but nobody else or it's unlikely anybody else would get that same pass. And Bitcoin gets that because of its longevity and, you know, following and so forth.
1: What makes this Ethereum merge very special then?
0: Ah, yeah.
1: Because you said there's also like uncertainty around whether it'll work. And so what's new about this?
0: so imagine you are flying from sydney to la and halfway across the ocean we say well we've got a bit of a problem with one of the engines we can't land we're over the ocean got to get to la we're going to send a crew out with this new engine that we've got in the cargo hold to uh take the other engine off and put this new engine on okay and you say well that doesn't even sound possible, but okay. You say, well, have you done it? Well, yeah, we did it in test, right? We tested it. We, uh, we had either had a smaller plane or we did it on the ground or whatever. We tested it multiple times and, you know, we know how to do it. We figured it out. But of course, there's hundreds of passengers on board and, you know, who knows what can happen. Lots of things we don't anticipate. We've never done it flying 500 kilometers an hour. Well, that is sort of what you're doing here, right? You have a live enterprise with tons of interconnectivity and you are switching the approach to validating that your transaction is a, uh, a real transaction and that it can't be double spent and so forth. You are doing that in real time. You're going from one approach to establishing that fact with proof of work. To this proof of stake, so your your the merge is we're we're going onto one highway, and then eventually this the proof of work thing falls away, right? So that's what we're doing. We're merging this these two approaches to the blocks, but we're doing it live.
1: So it's been done like on a smaller scale. It's been done with other cryptocurrencies. It's been, you know, like it's been tested with, like a smaller domestic plane, but like, it hasn't been done on this scale.
0: Correct. It has been done in test nets multiple times and in fact in the early stages even years ago when they tried to do it they had lots of problems and they've slowly solved these problems and the last test net happened in early august that worked perfectly and you know they're now sort of they've they've hit all the switches to say all right we're ready to go for the merge on september 15th now between now and then the developers could run into a problem could see something that's a Right. Because you've kind of got one chance. Right. When you open the aircraft door and the folks shimmy out onto the wing, you can't go, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. you got to like, that's your time. Right. They got the, the engine. They're out on the wing. It's not too late, too late at that point. You go, oh, I should have thought of. Yeah.
1: Right. Assuming the merge goes perfectly, there are no hiccups. Do you see any other implications for the cryptocurrency space from it?
0: Well, look. You know, I think it's going to be very difficult, you know, if you're looking at all of the layer ones, which are all of these blockchains that people use to secure assets and, you know, for financial purposes or games or whatever. And, And part of the reason that people like to use one network versus another is if they need to own the network token to use it. They want to make sure that that network token is going to be valuable is going to have some value. And so to the extent that Ethereum becomes exceptionally valuable because of its um, burn approach, you're going to find that other people, other tokens, other layer ones, other blockchains will need to compete by being similarly valuable, right? Perceived, you know, they'll have to do things that make them shinier for their community, because if they're naturally emitting tokens, right, the only way that your price goes up is that there are more buyers than sellers. In theory, with Ethereum, if there's lots of people transacting and even there aren't that many buyers, the price should be stable or, you know over time increasing. It's obviously not linear. But I think that that it could be that other blockchains need to look at their model and find an approach that makes them deflationary. It's not easy because you need to be able to do a lot of different things at once. Right. You need to be able to run your network. Uh, You you need to be able to build your audience, all of which costs money and money that you generally generate through tokens.
1: To summarize, Ethereum is moving from a proof-of-work model, where miners mine ETH, which has higher carbon emissions and overall costs, to a proof-of-stake model, where stakers provide security in a way that's similar to depositors in a bank. And this is more standard with most cryptocurrencies. Of course, this upcoming merge means that Ethereum is making that shift live. And that's the 101 on Ethereum merge. We'll be back on Saturday with another short episode about what Ethereum and ETHPOW could look like after the merge.